C'est Tom et moi, Julie. Nous sommes les intrépides. Ouais! <rire> et non, c'est David Bocage de Dretulté. Et je ne peux absolument rien pour vous. Appelez-moi pas, là. Les affaires, j'ai un beau père. Je pense qu'il y a un raquette dans le coin. Non. Je peux rien pour vous. Non. Euh, mais par exemple, euh, j'espère que vous allez bien là, malgré un confinement qui se veut pesant. N'oubliez euh, pas de prendre vos vitamines B12, D, oméga 3 et un épisode de Dressel Tape. Ce cocktail peut aider là, à combattre une certaine dépression saisonnière qui s'acharne sur nous. Euh, un rare épisode, épisode spécial aujourd'hui, rare épisode en anglais. J'en ai fait quelques-uns à travers les années. Il y a eu Mike Condon dans la première saison. Euh, il y a eu Brian Burke plutôt cette année qui est disponible, je le rappelle, sur Patreon. Si euh, vous en voulez plus, les prochains épisodes sont déjà sur Patreon et je vous avertis, ils sont juteux. Mmh, ça dégouline donc, euh, je ne perdrai pas de temps si j'étais vous. Patreon.com slash direct sur tape. Mais oui, un rare épisode en anglais et c'en est un spécial euh, cette semaine. Je je sais pas si j'en ai déjà parlé au podcast, j'ai vraiment des problèmes de mémoire. Mais dans le cadre du Pro Shop culturel, il y a un livre que j'ai adoré. Lire pendant le le, 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 le le premier confinement, on est rendu au, au je sais pas combien de temps, mais et c'était un, un, un livre qui s'appelle Odd Man Rush. Euh, je, je suis toujours évidemment à l'affût des, des œuvres euh, artistiques de tout genre reliées à notre obsession nationale qui est hockey. Puis je sais, je me souviens plus comment j'étais tombé sur ce livre-là, euh, Odd Man Rush, qui est écrit par un gars qui s'appelle Bill Keenan, qui est un, un, un gars qui a gradué de Harvard et qui après ça a été joué dans des ligues mineures en Europe et il raconte euh, son espèce de parcours, lui qui est né sur euh, l'île de Manhattan, là, qui est quand même pas un endroit où c'est la plus grosse, une des plus grosses villes au monde. Il n'y a, y a, a pas presque pas d'aréna. C'est comme un peu un contexte improbable pour jouer au hockey puis encore moins devenir bon. Mais lui, il avait la chance d'avoir des, des parents euh, assez aisés puis qui ont, qui ont dit « Garde, système hockey, on va s'arranger. » Puis euh, tout son parcours jusqu'à des ligues en, en Belgique, en Suède, et c'est lui-même qui a écrit le livre euh, sans être un auteur, euh, mais qui, qui a quand même comme refait plusieurs drafts, plusieurs versions. Puis euh, ce que j'ai vraiment aimé de ce livre-là, c'est que il y a quelque chose de très authentique dans l'espèce de parcours du, du gars qui, qui s'accroche au hockey en sachant, tu sais, je jouerai pas dans la Ligue nationale, mais il y a comme ce rêve-là qui meurt jamais. Et un peu quand tu arrives à la croisée des chemins de car je jouerai jamais dans la Ligue nationale, je suis dans une troisième division suédoise, euh, mais tu sais les gens s'accrochent au hockey, puis lui, il est comme un peu lucide par rapport à ça, puis dans l'espèce de le rôle du hockey dans son identité, puis comment à un moment donné, tu, faut que tu décroches, puis tu passes à autre chose, puis comment un peu l'écriture du livre a été cette affaire-là pour lui, finalement, dans, dans, dans son processus de, de transition, mais ça, ça représente bien un peu le, le rêve de, de Ticu poussé à son extrême, puis à travers son parcours, puis il est allé à Harvard, puis il a, il a eu la chance de vivre des affaires quand même assez, assez cool au, tra au travers de toutes ses expériences. Bref, Odd Man Rush. Et euh, ce qui est arrivé, c'est que... Ah, c'est peut-être pour ça que j'en avais entendu parler, c'est que le livre a été adapté en film. Et euh, j'avais... Euh, je pense que j'avais suivi la page Instagram, puis là, la page Instagram m'avait... C'est ça qu'ils font maintenant, ils follow back, puis là, ils voient un certain nombre de followers, puis ils m'avaient dit, « OK, euh, veux-tu faire de la... » Tu sais, on t'enverrait un chandail pour euh, du film. Puis là, je suis comme, « OK, mais moi, j'ai pas vu le film, tu sais. » Puis euh, j'ai dit, « OK, mais moi, j's... en fait, c'est drôle que vous m'écrivez. J'étais intéressé à rencontrer l'auteur. » fait que là, ils m'ont mis en contact avec Bill, que, que je voulais contacter de toute manière. Puis on a fait ça par par Zoom. C'est un des, des premiers qu'on a fait là avec Benjamin Bro 
Euh, je vais vous avouer ce qui m'intéressait vraiment, c'est vraiment le livre. C'est vraiment euh, ça que j'ai trouvé cool, qui est authentique, les détails qui est vraiment de la main de Bill. Euh, le film, j'ai fini par le regarder, je pense, euh, je me souviens même plus si c'était avant ou après l'entrevue, mais c'est pas, euh, personnellement, j'ai pas trouvé que c'était un très bon film. Ça se voulait une adaptation euh, du livre, mais euh, adapter un... un un livre en film, c'est comme un, 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 un exercice de transvasage très, très, très complexe et euh, difficile à faire. Donc, euh, tu, je ne leur en tiens pas rigueur, mais, mais sachez, d'entrée de jeu, que ce qui m'intéresse, c'est euh, c'est pas le film, c'est vraiment le livre que j'ai d'ailleurs prêté à Chucky Pellerino. faut pas que j'oublie euh, ça. Tu sais, des fois, tu prêtes des affaires, c'est ça. Alors, euh, <rire> non, pas, pas vrai, on rien à chier. Alors... Euh, donc c'est ça donc euh, voilà donc ça c'est Bill Keenan euh, je sais pas si c'est ça je l'ai rencontré là pour la date c'était le 21 octobre 2020 donc euh, à l'automne est-ce euh, que j'ai oublié des trucs ta, ta, ta. non c'est pas mal ça euh, donc un gars très sympathique je vais mettre une photo euh, des trucs mais sa voix il y a comme un clash entre sa voix quand je réécoutais l'épisode audio je comment il a l'air vraiment euh, d'un dude hein, qui mais non c'est un gars qui a une face puis il a vraiment un, un body language, euh, language pardon très très euh, il a l'air très doux c'est un gars très doux puis euh, ça a l'air weird mais je tenais à le spécifier quand même euh, parce que des fois il y a, il y a, je trouve qu'il y a des des fois des impressions qui passent différemment euh, quand on n'a pas le visuel euh, ce que j'aime pour certaines affaires, mais lui, je me dis, en tout cas, je veux que les gens euh, cachent que ce gars-là, c'est comme... Il a l'air extrêmement fin, mais en fait, il est fin, il est passé deux heures avec nous, mais il y a, il a, il a quelque chose de, de très inoffensif et très bon enfant dans euh, le visage. Donc, euh, c'est pas mal ça. Spedding, euh, Spedding... Je sais pas qu'est-ce que... Ah oui, c'est ça. Ben oui, c'est ça. Donc, je vais vous envoyer l'épisode. Je m'excuse euh, euh, d'avance pour... Euh, un anglais évidemment extrêmement rouillé, euh, surtout sur le tendu de, de deux heures, mais il a été extrêmement généreux. Il n'en a pas fait de cas. Et euh, le voici. Euh, je vous invite à aller lire son livre « Oddman Rush » que j'ai franchement adoré. Voici l'auteur, ancien joueur de hockey pro et gradué de Harvard, Bill Keenan. Uh, Bill, thanks for coming on today. Seriously, <laughs> great, uh, great timing because uh, I was just done reading your book, like literally, like a week ago, uh, and and turned out like the I think the the movie page on Instagram thought I was an influencer <laughs> and wrote to me. Oh, we're sending you a uh, a jersey. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. You guys just wrote to me. I think because I was following the page, or I don't know how like. It works, and I was like, "Yeah, thanks for the jersey, but what about the writer?" <laughs> and I was like, "I have a podcast. I, I'm sure they, they didn't know that because uh, they just saw that my my my, face, my Instagram page." But and I and I reached out, and you you, you like you yeah, absolutely. So thanks for being on anyway. But thank uh, you for having me. So now you're in New York. I'm in New York. Yep, New, New York, York City? City. Yep, Manhattan. Back where it all started. Yep. So where you were born and raised. Yeah, I'm I'm right across the park from where I was born and raised. And Would like, that park happen to be called Central Park? It's the Central Park, <laughs> exactly. The, our big our big one we got here. Have you been here? Well, I guess let's start from the beginning then, which is how does a kid raised on the island of Manhattan, one of the biggest city in the world, uh, ever get to 
be into hockey and, and get 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 actually play hockey too. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still I don't I don't think I have a good answer, but but um it actually started right in this park in Central Park where there's a rink. There's a I, it's hard to call it a rink. It's really it's a swimming pool. And <laughs> and 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 basically they they freeze it for like two months. It's not even the winter. They freeze it kind of right before and after Christmas. Right. And uh I mean it's it's like that that's where it started. I don't know. I, I can't it was the Rangers won the Stanley Cup when I was like eight. And it's hard to it's hard not to get into uh, you know your local sports team yeah. if they're good, especially if they win it. So when they won it that year, and 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 I have to say, you know who who scored that the, the most memorable goal was Stefan Matteau. Yeah, father yeah. of Stefan Matteau Jr. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Matteau, Matteau. Do you yeah, still yeah. remember that call? Oh, of course. Yeah. What's I mean, your what's was... your what's your best memory from the '94 uh, championship? My best memory. <laughs> <laughs> you remember any of it? Yeah, no, I remember. You were quite young. Yeah, no, the best memory was coming out of the. Uh, the best memory was coming out of Madison Square Garden after the games, and and I'd be w with my dad, and there'd be these women that were like handing out like the the stripper carts. Right, so I would get these little collecting. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember did. being like eight years old and being, "This is so cool." <laughs> I love that your father was not like, "No, no, don't grab no, no, him." No, no, he was no. just with <laughs> you. Yeah, we we'll just <laughs> walk around the block three or four times. That that's the old New York. That's like 1990s New York. That doesn't exist anymore. So you did go to the games and the, the playoffs. Yeah, um, I went to I went to a couple of playoff games. Yeah, I was lucky enough that year. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know what? I actually I went to one at Madison Square Garden, and then I I went to because Matt Toe's goal was against the Devils. Yeah. So we went to one in New Jersey, um, because that was the big. That was where they met in the conference finals. So. So you drove yeah. to New Jersey? Yeah, I mean that's not that far. No, it's not, yeah, it's it's, it's like or you can take the train and yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty close. Um, so that's where it started. Yeah, I mean it was just kind of like watching the the Rangers on TV and then playing a little bit here in Central Park. Like and none then, of your parents actually played or none of no, that. No, 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 they had no idea what they were getting into. And um, your idol played for the Rangers at the time. Tell me about your idol who ended up yeah. be writing the forward of your book. So tell me about the guy yeah, and, and, and yeah, go well, ahead. Do you, have you heard of him before? Adam Graves? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. He's, <laughs> no, he's like, he's like a big, I look, I look younger than I actually am. But, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. But okay. Yeah, no, he's Adam Graves was a, was a player on that team. I think he might've, you know, he was kind of, uh, he was sort of like embodied everything that was to me. So appealing about hockey from like, yeah. he was, you know, a, tough goal scorer he had good hockey hair he was pretty much like the whole thing yeah and he was he he uh i went to you know canadian he was pretty much just like what i when i thought of what's a hockey player he was pretty yeah. much it so yeah i mean it was i i think after that year my mom found um you know his he ran a, a summer hockey tournament back home and so she drove me up. She like called, she somehow found his number and called up his home and his wife answered. What? Yeah. And she's, she's like, you know, my son's really into this. And I, I read in the paper, there was a thing in the New York times that was about Adam Graves. because he had like helped everyone in the community. Like he was really big. He comes from a family that's like really, uh, you know, they're like just salt of the earth people, you know, they're really good. You know, it's, it's 
And so he, he was always trying to give back and, and he ran this camp up in Windsor, Ontario. And she saw, she saw it and she tracked it down and we drove up there that summer for like a week. It was really not that hard to find his number. That's what I take away from the story. Like, no, I don't know how she did it. Yeah. I mean, I, I suspect it was not that easy, but she's right. very good. She's good. My mom, very, she can like very determined. Yeah. She was not going to be stopped. <laughs> I don't and know his home number, but she got to his wife somehow. And they were that's like, funny. what is wrong with you? Hey, <laughs> Lady. You yeah. <laughs> so you, so you, so your mom drove you up to Canada Yeah. for, uh, for the summer. And you, I think you even like got to meet him, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was like a week. It was a week, you know, one of those like week long camps in the summer and got to meet him. And he, you know, he, he, I think she was expecting him probably not to show up. He's an NHL player, but, but he was there every day. And, um, you know, he, I I can't imagine it was that much fun for him. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) you're, you're there and it's like a bunch of like eight year old, nine year old kids. No, but it makes up for a a lifetime of memories for you guys. Absolutely. You know, he, exactly. I mean, it's, it's as cool a thing as I I remember growing up, being able to see like the person that you idolize giving you the time of day. And then flash forward like 20 some years and you you write your first book and you're like, Hmm, how did the idea of like ask, was he like the first choice of, you had in mind you know it's funny it was a it was a friend i had who um who was like when i was trying to get the book published there was a a family friend who worked at msg which is like the the network that um broadcasts the rangers and devils games and her name is deb placey and i was asking i actually just originally asked her to write a blurb like kind of like an endorsement and she was well aware she read the book and knew that I was, you know, a big fan of Adam Graves. And she said, well, I know, you know, why don't we ask, would you be interested? And I was like, of course I'd be interested if, if, if you could track him down. And he said, yes. And I was able to meet him again, 20 years later. And, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's exactly like he's most, most of the time, you know, you hear about someone and you meet them, you're idle and it's just like a huge letdown. And this guy only went up in my book, you know, he was like, how was it? It's it's it was as memorable as the first, we we've just met somewhere in Midtown, and he uh, yeah, I mean he was he seems like he's the guy that like I wish I had been in a locker room with him because mm-hmm. you know there's like kind of different parts yeah. of, of people and and I know he's certainly he like he has a very specific image here and he holds to it and I feel like there's probably another side that I would have loved lighter, yeah. But, but he still is just a good guy. I mean, he was, he, he didn't have to do any of this. Like it doesn't help him at all. So he does, he still lives in New York. I, I think he still works with the Rangers. Oh. I, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely certain these days, but I think he's still involved in like the development of like the, hmm. you know, the prospects. It's a yeah. good person to have around. Yeah. Did you guys meet like at a Starbucks or something? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. She, she set it up. It was something like that. It was like a coffee shop. Just somewhere, and and he just walked in. I'm thinking, wow. Did he re- did he remember you? Were like, ah, Keenan, you smelled you smell just the same. You're like <laughs> what? He was nice enough to pretend like he he remembered. He remembered. <laughs> I can't. I suspect he's he's met a lot of a lot of fans. Did he actually read the book? I I mean, I, stuff I don't know. to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know, it's it's possible. Here's the thing: it wasn't it wasn't done. Like he, he wrote it right. before. Right. So like, um, 
I, I, I hope I sent him a book. Um, and I, I hope, hope he does, I hope but, <laughs> but it was like, I, I think at that point it was only like half done. So it was more cause those, the whole publishing process you have to, it's, it's like a, it's a long slog. Yeah. We'll get yeah. to it later. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, um, wondering, uh, a guy like that, you know, when an NHLer, NHL gets asked to write like a forward and stuff and do they write it like themselves or do you know like you know what I mean like we have like a ghostwriter you know like this this website like Players Tribune yeah, like yeah all the guys but it's never them like you you can no, feel it's always the same guy writing all, all the articles it's the same style or, or woman like, or woman yeah yeah depending on who is <laughs> person yeah no, uh, you can see it's the same style you know all know every time yeah like, no, I, I think Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think I think he wrote that. I mean, this was short. Like, this is, you know, yeah. like two pages. Uh, I, I know, I think a lot of those um, are probably, like, the, the, the books themselves, if they're, if they're like, about a, an NHL player, most of them have, like, a co-writer. Right. That, 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 that gets credited for, you know, it'll be, like, so-and-so with so-and-so. Right. And I think they basically, the way that works is you kind of have a conversation with, with a writer who then sort of translates those stories. Yeah, that's what I, I don't I'm not I'm not certain how that works. Right, right. Uh so anyway, great what's his nickname? Gravy, was it? Gravy. Gravy. I think so. And uh I think so. You do know. <laughs> don't act like if you don't. You know, and uh so this guy was like everything you wanted about Canada. And you had some obsession as a kid about Canada. You wanted to be Canadian. Yeah. And tell me about this because as a Canadian it, it really sounds funny, you know, because usually the It's the American making jokes, uh, jokes about Canadian being a sub, you know, <laughs> and now you're, you were a kid being like, all I wanted was being Canadian. Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, it, but you had, I mean, that was what hockey was like hockey yeah. was in Canada. So there's, I mean, I, I didn't grow up with anybody that forget like knowing or being interested in hockey. Like it wasn't even on a radar. Like it wasn't even, uh, I mean, it's just, well, it's just like not part of like every day it's sent, it has since changed and there's a lot more hockey now, but you kind of, it's all like the, it, it, you, you have to find people that relate to you and, and sort of like are on your wavelength and they were not my classmates, you know, right. so it kind of became pretty clear to me that, you know, when you're a kid, you sort of like assume the identity of what you want to be. And when I looked at the Rangers, you go down the Rangers roster and it's like Canadian, 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 Russian, Canadian, Canadian, Canadian. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. So it's, so it's not, it was like, well, it seems like if I want to be on the Rangers, it looks like they're all Canadian. So it was kind of that sort of simplistic mindset. You had a huge Canadian flag in your room. I had Canadian flags everywhere. I had them on my like jacket. I had my mom. So <laughs> what did your parents yeah. say about it? Like this Canadian? I, I have no idea. They just humored me. I think they were like, they'll grow out of it. You know, <laughs> did you ever, but, uh, you also, uh, you were going to say something. <laughs> no, you were going to say no, no, I've spent, I've, uh, the nice thing is having spent some time up there. It's beautiful. And I, where did, where did you go? It. I mean, eventually, once you start playing tournaments, it was a lot of time spent in Toronto and Montreal. And so you've Vancouver. been to Montreal. Yep, yep. Uh, in fact, the first the, the 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 tournament who we used to always go to was in a place called Repentigny. Repentigny. Yeah, it's like in the suburb, north suburb mm. of Montreal. 
Yeah. It just, there were, it was fun because it was like, you go there and there's rinks all over the place. Like the Canadians, they don't see it that way. It's not that cool for them because they don't know what it's like to grow up he- where I grew up, which is there's no rinks anywhere. Yeah. You know? But, and, and people fantasize about New York City for so many other reasons. Like, yeah. you grew up in the city, man. Which is awesome. It's, it's got the best of the best, pretty much anything you could want other than hockey. Yeah. I mean, like, there's no nothing about this place is I, I I love it. I just it just so happens that the one thing they don't have was hockey. You have any memories from playing in uh, uh, Repentigny uh, from as a kid? Yeah, I do. I mean, <laughs> um, I I remember playing a team called the Montreal Viper Outlaws, and and they were they uh they had they just beat the shit out of pretty much anybody that came in their way. And I think was, I had a friend who played for them who ended up going like NCA Division One. So they, they, this team had NHL players like left, right, and center. I mean, really? Yeah. Do you they, remember? They, yeah, I can tell you there was two brothers, Laton Dress, and one of them, at least yeah. one of them, played in the NHL. They had a guy named Adam Pino who was actually American who played a little bit in the NHL. They had uh, um, a kid, Adam Blanchett, who played over in Europe. I'm sure there are others, but they were just like, you know, you're 13 and then they, they're, they look like they're like 25. Right. And, and there's always a team like that. And they That's won. Funny. Yeah. It's funny. You played the Latin, the Latin brothers. I, I actually know like uh, Guillaume. So he's the one who played, one for, the Cana- play- yeah. played for the Canadians. Yeah. They, you asked them about that. I mean, I remember them well because it was like a terror when they'd be, we'd have to play him. It was like 10 zero every game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Guillaume ended up playing the NHL for uh, Montreal, Minnesota, Ottawa. He had to quit because of uh, concussions. He played in Switzerland, but he had like his career. Uh, but he was a goal scorer. He played with like Mar- Martin Avlat in in Minnesota, and he had like like his best season there. Uh, and his brother uh, Olivier, he came on the podcast before we were a podcast when uh-huh. we do, were doing pilots. He came on, and I was so bad and was so. It was way too hot in the in the room, and he was like sweating. So I never ended up putting out the episode. And he was like, he got back to me once. He was like, "Was I that bad that you never put out?" And I was like, "No, actually, I was." So yeah, both of them came on. Uh, Guillaume came on later. I think it was like a live show before an audience. Anyway, and like and uh, Latendres, he started. See, he recently started his own podcast with uh, Maxim Lapierre from. Mm-hmm. He played in Montreal, Vancouver. Uh, he played in Sweden too. Yeah, he played for uh, for Moto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He that came was with a the, short, very short, very short. Yeah, because yeah. you did. Were you there when he got there? No, no, no. But I remember reading about it because I just sort of like had friends that were up, and and they'd always be like, "Oh, here's the new. You know, we got a new Important. guy from the NHL." And, and I know some of those don't end so well for those guys if they come from the NHL. I think it's harder. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that. I just know. Yeah, actually, he came on the podcast recently and I was like, yeah. hey, what, what? Because I went to Moda. I was like, how did that go? And he's like, not very well because <laughs> the team was not very competitive. And I was just coming out of the NHL trying to make my way up the best leagues in, in Europe. But I was not really there to have like just chill and have fun. I was, I was there to perform. And after a while, I think he, it was just like his ticket onto Switzerland where he did, he did do good. And, uh, like kind of stayed there for like four or five, six years. Now he's in Germany and he, he loves it. And, uh, but yeah, in Modo is like, the team was just not doing very well. And so it was hard for him to, to kind of perform. But anyway, we no, that's, of, yeah, that, that happens. Yeah. 
we kind of digressed here, but <laughs> we're talking about your tournament and yeah. <laughs> got got lost. But um, oh, what, what did I want to ask you? Oh yeah, because I, I was uh, I was uh, curious about asking uh, about Montreal because every time I run into some American, the usual story is I go uh, they go where are you from and I say Montreal and they and they always have. A story about either strippers, St. Catherine's, <laughs> yeah, or like booze or like bachelor parties. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I got, I got, I got, you know, I, I remember, uh, I remember staying in something Westwood or some, something Weston, some, something with a W outside West, of West Island, Westmount, Westmount, Westmount. Yeah. It was a girl that went, we went to, I went to college with and she was like, had a, we went up there and, uh, stayed yeah. at her parents' place. This was after, this was just a Montreal story. This doesn't do with hockey. <laughs> she, she, and I can, uh, I, I can see in your eyes that she's the one that got away. <laughs> no, 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 she's been there. No, she didn't get away. She was very much, she was a, she was a hockey player. She was a hockey player. And so she was, she was cool. Um, and, uh, no, I remember going out there and yeah, Montreal, and we saw like Brendan Fraser. You know, is it Brendan Fraser? Yeah, they, the, they, they, the actor? actor. Yeah, I he mean, used to be famous. Yeah, I mean that was kind of like there was something very depressing about it because like he was he was like out there in the club and there's like the girls were so young. It was so weird. Like it was it was like this. It, you don't go out like that and see what you see like that. What I saw in Montreal was totally different than what you'd see in New York. Where, where I don't what know, club but, was but that? It was, it was, that. it felt like you were in like Europe. So you were in a club and Brandon Fraser Brandon was Fraser there. was like in the back and, and he had, you know, it was like, it was a, it was a suspect sort of scene. I don't know. Sounds like the most depressing evening it I've was, ever. It was fun. It was like a cool, I, I really like the guy from the, is that the guy from the mummy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's him. Yeah. Jesus. And underage girls. Selling wine, <laughs> yeah. Selling wine on the street. Like every, it was a lot of. So that was that was a girl from Harvard. Yeah, yep. that would make sense because if she's from Westmount, Westmount is the uh, wealthiest area of uh, in all of Quebec, basically. So that would it was make a sense. beautiful. T- yeah, I mean, I, we it was pretty much. I don't think she knew what she was getting into inviting us up there. It was like me and some of the ro- my roommates, and we were all friends. But and, right. and we basically had like a, a a you know a free weekend in the spring. And and she said, "Why not? Montreal sounds fun." It's not very far away from uh, my place right now. Actually, it's like a five no. minute drive from from where I'm. T- really? Like, but I'm I'm in a much <laughs> much more. Yeah, I mean, this was some parents' place. Um, like, this was like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, we we. I remember. Yeah, I mean, it was an incredible place, and and like this is. I was thinking this, we we can't. Let's let's do as little damage as possible. And right. <laughs> I I love the Brandon Fraser. Uh, <laughs> it's like a very over the hill version <laughs> that's what i was thinking the mummy yeah that's kind of speaking uh, of canada you uh, you you even mentioned in the book you had you picked up some canadian accent is that true i think so yeah so how like I don't like know. what I, words yeah. how what, what's the i think it's just how you talk i think it's i don't know if i wouldn't say it's necessarily french canadian yeah that's that's why that's why i'm curious about it because like to me it's just like another language so it's not my so i so i'm, I'm yeah but there's curious. like there there's a there's a go oh, a yeah the, a I, but it's also like if you maybe it's not as much canadian as it is just like there's a way that 
you talk in a hockey locker room. What is it? I don't know. Can you give me some examples? Like some words? I think saying, yeah, you know, when you start every sentence, I do that. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying for sure. Yeah. It's it's like these awful habits that I still have, but they're okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good, eh? (laughs) Because like to me, it's like, it's not my mother tongue. So to me, I have some outsider look on it too. So that's why I was curious. What was your point perspective on it yeah i mean i I would say it's it's probably you you can relate to it it's more like not necessarily canadian as much as it's like a specific like maybe toronto right um, you know a specific area in canada (laughs) that's Um, very funny uh growing up in in new york you you mentioned your mom you you had uh, anyway from the book anyway it sounds like your parents were very nice (laughs) and about like uh, you know letting you and, and actually helping you yeah, yeah. do your thing. And they, they, they obviously saw that you were really into hockey and tell me about that amazing setup. Cause you were, you lived in an apartment in New mm-hmm. York city, right? Mm-hmm. That amazing setup that you had in your apartment. That kind of reminds me of a, the rich, rich of hockey. Like that's, that's what it sounds like anyway in the book. You had some crazy setup of a rink. Like explain. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's funny. So, my parents still live in, in this apartment and the, basically we, when I was in fifth grade, my mom got pregnant with my younger sister and we had a small apartment and we basically, you know, got to the point where they realized before this baby's born, we need to move. So there was a place that was two blocks away, but had, you know, an extra bedroom. And, but it was like, it had been, it, it was like, it was exactly what they wanted but it was like going back into, into like the seventies, like everything, like it just looked and everything was outdated and it all needed to be like sort of renovated to be like livable. Cause this was a, a family that had uh, their kids had been there and they moved out and was just like, so, so they, we moved there and we knew the renovation was going to take like a year because everything had to be redone. Like stuff just didn't work. And so part of, The nice thing was that because it was all being renovated, there was one living room, you know, you have a living room, right? And ish sort of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I remember thinking, I was like, geez, this is good. Like it's a big rectangle. And I remember thinking if you could put a, if you could put a, like a hockey net on one side, right where the fireplace opening is, you could actually just like set up pucks on the other side and shoot. And, and the thing is, I go, I go back now and obviously it's all like, you know, it's got couches and stuff in there, but, um, it's not as big as I thought, you know, like when you're a kid, it seems huge and it is when you're 10 years old, it, it's like a big, so anyway, I remember saying like, can you just make sure that you renovate this last, you know? So they're like, all right, I guess. And, and I just bought, or I went online and I bought, uh, I bought a hockey net and I just had it sent up. You helped like the doorman just, and, and then I just set it up. And uh, so was, you basically, you had a garage in your living room, had the garage. That's what it was. It was all my friends that like when I was growing up, I played out in long Island in New Jersey and they all live in the suburbs and they had exactly what you're talking about, like a garage. And one of the, you know, things rather than have a car was a net where they could shoot. So that was what I set up in the apartment. In a living room in, in a living Manhattan. Room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you realize like 
how awesome from your parents it is to let you. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I think allow you. They, now they weren't always pleased and, and it, and it ended it. There's a lot of like fights and broken windows, but, but it was yeah. better than like doing something stupid outside the house. You know, it's like Did, rather do it inside. What's the, what's the biggest fight that happened or biggest incident related to that? I mean, there was a time when I started really getting like, I, I, I it was big enough that I remember being able to like rollerblade around there. Like it's a small contained area, but when you can start picking up speed, you know, it's like when you're doing trying to like, you know, if, if you want the hardest shot, you kind of got to like skate into it. Right. Right. So eventually I could start, you know, as I got a little bit older, I mean, it was just like, a, it was, you know, slap shot off a post broke broken window. And, and I remember getting like hearing, hearing the, the window break. And then you, it was like, you, you, you hear it. And then you see it like slowly, like when something shatters and it like slowly, like spider, it looks like a spider web and you're yep. like, Oh my God. Yeah. And then all of a sudden just fucking falls down. Yeah. And then just being like, Oh my God. And just like, and just like both my parents being home and I'm thinking like, who's going to come here first. And it was my dad. And I remember just him picking me up by the arm and just walking by the arm into, into his bedroom and like throwing me on the, on the bed and, and, you know, shouting, <laughs> but how um, old were you? I mean, probably like 10, 10 or 11. God damn it. We gave you everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. And then, but they, but then they, you just move on. They, they've got other, you know? Yeah. 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 Would they, would they put like something like to protect the window from they didn't that's that would have been smart that would have been smart i think uh <laughs> we just got a new pain actually that one we we just like there was no reason i think they were they said let's just how, how could how could you have neighbors like the guy the people living underneath must, must have hated yeah you. they they did they did yeah um <laughs> they did that woman. Yeah, there was there was a woman that that lived below that specific unit. She was really old though, so she was like almost deaf, which helped because like she couldn't hear that much. But she would be she would call from time to time. Um, Can you the, ask Billy to stop playing, please? Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you uh, you played minor hockey. Like you had to, like, your parents had to like drive you out of. Manhattan and go to some uh, like Connecticut and all those places yeah. and um, you even had the the chance to play with some guys that ended up in the NHL and some of them even uh, won Stanley Cups. Uh, tell me about uh, a few of those guys. For instance, uh, yeah, you play with a guy ended up winning two cups and a Conn Smythe tro uh, trophy. Not not too uh, shabby. Tell me about oh. him and all the other yeah, boys. Yeah, who's yeah. that? That was Jonathan Quick. Yep. on the. Uh... On the LA Kings. I mean, he was pretty, pretty much, you never know, like when you're a kid, you know, you don't really, you don't have a sense that like anyone can actually make it to the NHL. And it's still kind of crazy. Cause, cause that was like, there were a couple guys on that, on that team I played in, in, uh, that, that was called the Connecticut Yankees. There was another guy named Matt Lashoff who played a little bit, not, not as long. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's, it was the, the, the thing that's crazy about that team is that quick when we started, wasn't even the starting goalie. Like he was the backup and, but it's like hard. It's hard to, I, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, 
it's been incredible to see, you know, to, to see what, someone. What you're trying to say is you could have never guessed he would have made never it guessed. Asia. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's good, but it's kind of like at what point you start looking back. It's totally different with a goalie, but you kind of look back and think like, at what point was was this the guy that was going to win? I mean, it's not making it to the NHL. Uh, it's it's like winning the Stanley Cup multiple times and being the MVP of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, it's crazy. And going to the Olympics twice. And being, I mean, it's being the like starter in 2014. You, that, those are like beyond what you dream. Of. Like you dream of getting to the NHL, and then and then you're like, do he's doing stuff that's like far beyond just making it, which is it's awesome. I mean, he he couldn't have been more deserving, and he was he like, it's. More than anything, though, it was like just it was fun. Uh, in fact, I still keep in touch with some of the guys um, that that have since like a lot of the guys. You know, it's like we were twelve when we played that year together. Um, it was like right before high school, and and a lot of guys like didn't. I'd say maybe a third of the guys probably didn't even play after that. Um, really, you know, you just did you keep in um, touch with the uh, quick? You know, I I kept in maybe through high school. He went to a high school called Avon, and and there were a bunch of guys. There were probably like four guys from that team that went to Avon. So we kept in touch, kind of through juniors and while they were in prep school. And then a lot of them went to college as well. And then it sort of you sort of lose touch. Did, um, did you get Did you get to him when he won the cup and go like, "Hey, man"? No, no, congrats. no. Yeah, well, I I sent him. I, I was still friends. We had one other good friend in common on that team, who I kind of sent uh, sent my congrats through him. You also but, had like you also played with like Matt Gilroy. Yep, that's that another guy. On. Yeah, did he play for the Rangers? He did. Yep, yep. He played. I think uh, maybe two thousand nine. Was he like undrafted? And like signed from college. Yeah. 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 I mean, he I was, remember. that was, that might even be more unlikely than, than quick. I mean, quick was like, he, I think he was I think he left college early. Yeah. I mean, that was yeah. like a NHL prospect when he was in college. And I, I mean, Gilroy was, he, when we, we played on a team called New York Apple Corps together and he was a couple of years older and, and he, he was almost, he was going to go, to, I think, to like a Division three school at, at one point, and just kind of that was that was it, and go play. And then he stayed one more year, which is the last year you can you can play up till you're 21 in the U.S. juniors. And he went to another competing team in in the same league. Um, so he left Applecore and went to a team in Walpole, Mass. And he just he did well, and he went to he got a walk on offer at BU. And it was, he had always been a forward mm. and he, they offered him a spot as a defenseman. Right. So I that's crazy. That. That's crazy to think like you're going to get, yeah. <laughs> and then he, and then you fast forward four years and he wins the Hobie Baker and then yeah, he's playing crazy. on the defense on the Rangers. That was, that, I, that is like a crazy story. Did yeah. you, did you keep in touch with him and then try to go up, watch him play at MSG? Yeah, yeah. We, in fact, we used to s see each other at the. Um, so we, we in Long Island, there was a a rink. Um, there still is a rink called. Uh, uh, it's in Syosset. It's uh, I forget what it's called, but I played on a team called the New York Bobcats, and it's it's where like the Islanders used to practice, and in the summer they'd have these skates, and and we would skate over 
during college, like we, we, we went to college at the same time and he was at BU, which is right near, you know, we were pretty close to each other. Um, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> where, where is he right now? What is he doing right now? I don't, I think he's, I think he's quit. I think he's, he's done. Um, I know he's done. I think he went over, I think it, he played a little bit, uh, in Europe, I think after, after the NHL, cause he was old coming in, you know, I, I think when he graduated college, he was probably like 25. So it was, you know, it's a little bit different. Still played in, 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 in New York and then in Tampa. And New York, Tampa. I mean, There's a few places. Yeah. Still probably made a decent amount of money. So oh, I'm sure he made, yeah. I mean, it was like an incredible story coming out of college. I mean, it's like going into be, uh, you know, going to college as, on like a walk on deal and, and at the yeah, wrong that's position. Crazy. Yeah, like, that's crazy. <laughs> switching positions is like nuts. That's, that's unheard of. Like, it is unheard of. I, like, I've never heard of anything like that. And speaking of youth hockey, I know you had like, because we spoke of a tournament, like you, know, you went to Canada or something, but I think you, there's a story in the book where you played, I can't remember where it was. I guess it was Canada. I can't remember. And you, you played against some team that had this kid that was actually like a few years younger on the other team ended up having like, I don't know how many points. And I think your dad even came up to you after the uh -huh. game and went like, yeah, that kid, huh? And you actually thought he was older or something. Tell me about that. Yeah. Story. yeah. yeah. And, and so I think w this was probably also when I was like 13 and like, this is one of those where when you're 13 And you play, you know, when you're growing up, you play just your birth year. And I was born in 86. And so you might every now and then there might be like, there's always like rumors of teams where they'd like forge a kid's birth certificate. So like, so you have like an 85 playing with an 86 birth year and sometimes like an 84. And that makes a huge difference when you're that young, like yeah. the difference. And, and, uh, and they were saying this kid was an 87. And he was playing with the 86s. And, he, and, 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 and there was also, I think this might have been, not, maybe not at that tournament, but at other tournaments, this kid had like played as an 87 with the 85 teams. So like he was like very well known because like that never happens. Like you always like, I mean, every now and then you'll have it, but like that's like a monumental thing to be that age and play a year above. And it was Crosby. And he was just like, you, you could tell that's one where it was like no, There, there was no denying that that kid was way better than everybody. Like, uh, it, it didn't matter like what level you put him at. He was just like faster, better at hockey in every respect. Smarter. Yeah. And he had like, I don't know how many points that game you played against him. Probably five or 10. I mean, I, it's like, it's just like no stopping. Like, I remember just like relentless. It looked like he was just like had a different he was like just built differently. He knew, he knew how to do everything so much better. There was no, like when you're a little kid, you're like, you might fall down. You might like mess up passes. And like, I mean, he was like shooting it. Like it looked like he was more comfortable on the ice than he was off the ice. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're that like steady and, and he still does actually. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's nothing, not much has changed. No, and it's like dominant. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, after like, Youth hockey, you 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 got uh, a chance to to go uh, play NCA Division One, which is like for some like it's just kind of the dream, I guess. Because that was it for me, yeah. Especially growing up in the U.S. in Canada, people kind of go to sometimes the the U.S. But in Quebec, I I think in Canada they're more aware of the U.S. 
uh, in the rest of Canada. But in Quebec, I feel people like with the language, they're more, uh, they usually go to like some Quebec universities. I don't, uh, probably because of the language anyway. So I, we, I had like, I knew some friends that played in Clarkson or stuff like that or mm -hmm. Colgate or, but uh, again, when you're raised in the U.S., like going to college is the thing and you got a chance to to go to Harvard, but actually before deciding on going to Harvard, they try to convince the players by having them over and visiting the campus and stuff. And they try to tuck you in and tell me about that time where you went and how do they try to, to like, uh, I don't know what's the right word, but. Well, yeah. you just sort of go on like a recruiting visit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and, and yeah, that was kind of it. Like you get to a point, I think in juniors where, you know, like what's becomes realistic and what's sort of like out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. And it was kind of like, this is this, uh, that was the goal. It was like, try to get to college. And that's pretty much once you, once you get to like 16, I don't know what happens now. Like now, now there's like kids. I remember once I was in college, there were kids committing to colleges at, at like 14. I, I don't know. I don't know how that, I don't know how that works, but typically you, it was like at 16, you, you could start talking to schools. So you're like a junior in high school. And, and you, you go up and you visit, um, you know, you'd like stay the weekend with, the, with like a couple guys on the team and, right. and try not to embarrass yourself. I mean, it's a big change when you're like, you go from, I mean, I was like at, at an all boys high school in Manhattan and then you go up. I think my first visit was to Colgate actually. Hmm. And like, you have, you know, you're like, wow, this is like, there's like girls around and. And these guys are a lot older, you know, you're like staying with guys that are in their twenties. Um, so it's like, uh, I, I, you know, there's like all sorts of like tactics and things, you know, you walk into like a locker room and there'd be, I remember one school that you like walk into the locker room and it, and they, and, and like, there, it was like all empty. It was a summer. It was like a, the, the season was over. It was like the end of the year. So like other guys equipment, it was all out. And it was just like the jerseys. There's one Jersey hanging there and it had my last name on it. And I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing. And you're talking to the coach and I'm like, man, these guys are really, and then I went back and uh, to my junior team, you know, like you go back home and, and that weekend and they're like, Oh, how, you know, how was that visit? And, and I'm like, yeah, I think they're really into it. Like, and I was talking to the guy sat right in the stall next to me. And I was like, I was like, he was like, yeah, I visited. He's like, did they do that thing where they put your name on the Jersey? They always do that. They do that to everyone. <laughs> yeah. So they have like all those, you, you start. And the other crazy thing is like, you'll have a, you know, you like go talk to one coach at, at, who's at one school and you get all excited. And then like you, the season ends and then the coach is fired. Yeah. He goes somewhere else and it's like, it's an interest. There's a lot of sort of like that coaching carousel. So yeah, and, it's let, hard to, and let's face it. Like the guys try to take you in by like taking you out and partying. Basically. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's some schools that do a better job. Like s some have, some are more fun than others. Um, Did you almost, places, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I'm not, I, I don't think there, I had any, uh, I, I wasn't recruited at any schools that like had real good party scenes unfortunately were there any other can uh, like um like finalists between like was it between harvard and some some other schools the, the one the one other place that i really looked at and 
uh, was actually Air Force Academy. And I really like their coaches. Yeah, they have a team. Is that, is that like the Army? It's not the Army. Um, so there's like, there's three branches. You have the Army, the Naval Academy, and then Air Force Academy. And the Air Force Academy is out in Colorado. And it's um, like, it's it's part of the armed forces. Like you, you, you have to serve after, after right. you graduate. But um is that yeah. the part that turned you off? <laughs> I remember. The, I mean, the thing is, like, it was just like it's it's a really great school, and they really they were like building their hockey program, and I loved the coaches. And I remember thinking, like, it had great academics, and it's kind of a, people that you know you want to also go somewhere for if you're going to be there for four years where you can you know succeed on and off the ice. And I I was I really they they went above and beyond to sort of like on the recruiting front. Um, what turned you off? What's really the might die later part, I guess. <laughs> you know what's funny though? is like that, that, yeah, that you have to really want to do it. And that became like a serious consideration. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would, I would imagine so. <laughs> but that might, yeah. Did you have a full scholarship going to Harvard or you? Well, they don't do scholarships. Oh well, yeah. The financial aid. Yeah. 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 It, so, so the, and, and that honest, so like, I mean, Air Force, like they, they, you you have everything paid for um everyone does but you also have like like the facilities that they have were so far above kind of anything else i saw like when you look at it as far as like where would you want to go every day like that's the beauty of something that's taken that seriously when you go to you know whether it's like the naval academy or army or air force right you're getting kind of like the best of the best um so did so did you have a financial aid in harvard too or you um i mean you basically get it on like a need basis all right right so yeah i didn't have so let's talk about harvard because like people see it in the movies people see party with red cups and they they watch the social network or whatever uh but was it what is it really like when you go to harvard what is it I'm I'm listening. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it's 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 really it's going to be a different experience. I think for every single person. So I, I I think there's probably if whatever you see in movies, if you're talking about like whatever the that the the social sort of scene let's say what was your experience i mean i had a good it's it's it, it was I, i lived with my best friends i lived with it was basically the hockey players in my year and the soccer players and um i mean it was you spend all day you're in class with them and you go to practice come back eat dinner play video games it was it was fun um <laughs> you know, and, and the beauty like boston is there's so many colleges there in in like just the city of boston yeah, yeah the B, the area yeah so it's it's um it's a good place for school and most of i i'd say like most of my friends from college are still in the area so i'll go up every now and then you know i've once still a coach there he's a soccer coach at harvard so. is there is there like one thing about harvard that you wish people knew like you know like what the biggest myth about harvard or, or, or something 
you know, I, one thing that I, so, so you're, you're asking about like, what's, what you see in, you know, the movies and all this, I think, I think it was, and I experienced this, there was a sort of a divide between people that were just, that were there for athletics or played a sport and that the people that didn't. Interesting. And, and I would say that there's, I think the, there, there were athletes that were not given as much credit for their academic prowess as they should have been. And I think there was sort of like some resentment from non-athletes that right. it's kind of like you guys don't deserve to be here. Um, really? Not everybody, but that was definitely something I, I know people had experienced. Like you, you're not, you know, yes. worthy of this. And, and it was very much not the case in my experience. I think that everyone, the schools talks about like excellence. Right. Kind of, and so whether that's on the field or yeah. on a rink or in the classroom. And I, and I do think actually some of the smartest people I know were on were, were athletes there. Um, but you, but you, you could feel there was some, there's definitely like, there were, there were like things that would ha- happen where, you know, there was one like stupid incident where something in like a dorm, some sort of like, uh, I don't know. I, it, it was, it wasn't like a, a snowman, but there was some, something had been like um, somebody had, or some group at, at the school had constructed some sort of like snow snowman, sort of something in, in like the courtyard for Christmas time. Right. And it had been destroyed. And it was like, I think it was destroyed over a weekend with like drunk people, college students get drunk and they do stupid shit. Yeah. And it was found out that there were like some athletes that had been a part of it. And and then all of a sudden, like there was some big, you know, thing in the school newspaper yeah, about yeah, yeah. how these athletes are like all bad people that don't deserve. And, and it was just like taken kind of, it di- just didn't add up. So there was, you could tell that that event sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get what you say. Right. Um, what's your, let's say like, what's your favorite Harvard story or your, from the four years you were there, like this, your, your go-to story, like, yeah, that was, those were the times, <laughs> whether it's, it was, I don't know. Um, you talk in the book, you're very self-deprecating about having a hard time with girls. <laughs> so yeah, I got a lot of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell, tell, uh, tell the listeners what, nickname did the boys give you yeah well that was negative game was that was something i got <laughs> from the girl there oh that's <laughs> the girl yeah, who gave girl. you that yeah yeah that's funny that it she... wasn't as in in, in fairness if, if you if you knew her it didn't hurt as much <laughs> <laughs> there was some hu- there's some humor to it yeah yeah it wasn't as bad like i wouldn't want to be named negative game by some of the other girls but But, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm putting you on this spot. Crazy is like how long ago I'm thinking now it's like 10 years ago. It's, or, or even more, even more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we might have to circle back to that. Do you feel like you've enjoyed like, like, you know, when you get older, you're like, ah, I should have, you know, enjoyed this or that more or should have. Ha, you know had more fun or or be more serious in college do you have like any regret or like we have what would you have done differently like in I, Harvard? I, I think i nothing nothing right so you didn't 
No. Have a good, have a good time. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. I had fun and like, and, and you know, it's like I've talked with other friends about this, like what if, if we could do it again. But the thing is, it's like if you could do it again, knowing what you know now, the whole point is that you go in there kind yeah, of not yeah. knowing anything. So it's, it's, I, I think like the most important thing was like finding, I met to this day, my best friends. And that I realize is like, is, I don't think everybody I know had that same experience where they're still in touch. And I talked to all of them, like, you know, and they're uh, one yeah. of the guys, one of the guys you played with, uh, probably maybe not one of your best friends, but Alex Killorn, fellow Montrealer. Yeah. There was a uh, lot of Canadians. There were a lot of Montreal. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Brothers. Or, Which one? There's a, in fact, there's another one. And I met the younger one who didn't go. There were three that went to Harvard, Alex, Mikey, and Danny Biega, who was yeah. there after me. Um, but you play, you play with Alex Biega. Yeah. Who's in the NHL also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell me about Killorn, because uh, the killer, they call him killer in the NHL. Now, now Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, what's your memory of Alex Killorn? I mean, he was one where it's like he came in, he was a freshman when I was a senior. And, I mean, you're never going to, again, like, Be like, well, this year we got a Stanley Cup player. But you know when you get on the ice and you, you can kind of tell someone that's like just clearly when you step on the ice and you're a freshman, I remember being like, this is so much better than what I experienced when I was playing junior hockey. That that kid came in and it was like he, he just sort of like this was there was it didn't seem like it was a big transition for him to catch up and you know, halfway through the season, he was pretty, maybe not dominant his freshman year, but clearly this was not going to be a, a big like issue for him to be good in college. And yeah. Yeah. That's funny. because he all, there's also like, he's got a, a, a bit of a, like a, on the, on the back of your book where he's, yeah, yeah. he, 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 he mentions it. And I was like, I wonder like, did again, I was like, it did, did like, Did you actually like, did Alex actually read the book or you actually make, made him say those words in the back? Or I don't know how did that go? <laughs> well, I asked him, I was like, Hey, I'm writing this. And, and, and so he did that before I would say this was again, I, I think it might've even been before I wrote it. And I was like, look, I'll, I'm happy to send you what, it, you know, what the final book is. But if you want to wait, he's like, no, I, I can, I can do it now. So was that his idea that like, cause it, for those, uh, I'll read what, what's written on the back. It's called, it, it says, Alex Killorn says, last time I saw Billy, he stepped on a puck at, Har at a Harvard practice and almost took my head off with his stick when he fell. His writing won't hurt you, but it will make you laugh. So that's, that's what, uh, written yeah. and, and it signed Alex Killorn. So I was like, ah, is that a thing you, you, you had in mind? You wrote yeah. it down. And then you said, Hey, Alex, would you mind signing that? Like, well, Well, the, the, that actually did. So I remember I was like, I was, cause, cause I think we had, uh, we're talking about, okay, what would be something useful? Cause like, I don't have, you know, the book written and, and I remember this was like at the beginning of seasons, we have captain's practices. And what that is, is basically in college, you can't, practice with coaches on the ice for like the, at least at like Ivy league schools, there's a period where you basically practice just with players. So it's like, 
I think the coaches can be in the stands. And so one of these first ones, <laughs> there was a, uh, we were doing a drill and it's just sort of like, you're, you're like, I think we line up at the blue line and you, you know, kind of like circle to the far blue line, maybe like pivot and you kind of pass back and forth with the guy in the front. And I remember there was, there's a guy who was in my class who like, he would always pass really weird. Like he would always, like he didn't, every time he passed, there'd be like this crazy spin because like he'd start the pass on the heel of his blade and like, and then he'd like spin it and it would kind of like go towards the toe as he passed it. So it generated like a crazy amount of spin rather than just like, you know, passing it kind of like snapping it. Right. And so every time he did that, when it spins like that, it would kind of go off your own stick. And if you were, you know, if if you weren't going to, you know, receive it properly. So it would always piss me off. And, and, and of course, like we're doing this drill and it spins off my stick. And so I have to go reach for the puck, like, because it, you know, knocked off my, and, and as I did that, I stepped on a puck and I remember I was about to fire the puck pack at him, like, you know, pass it back to him. And as I did it completely whiff and I stepped on a puck and like basically just fell right on my ass and, <laughs> and he was behind me. And so I was trying to think, I was like, I was like, maybe we could use this. And I think I forget how we did it, but I think I was like, killer. Remember, like, maybe we just say something like, say something, you know, about the, you know, something that happened on the ice or right. something like that. Um, did you get a chance to reach out to him uh, after you won the cup? Yeah. I emailed him. He, uh, yeah. I talked to him right before they, I, I emailed with him right before they went into the bubble and, and, uh, And then, yeah, I mean, that I remember watching them them win, which is like, I mean, that's oh, a cool. Awesome. It's, it's an unbelievable, yeah. He he's one of those guys that you know you mentioned in the book that is, you know, you mentioned uh, a lot of names in the book. Those are all the actual names, you know, that of the people you you came across on your journey. Did at any point anyone in the book was like, hey. Did you get any like negative feedback being like, Hey dude, like I didn't like that or that part or, or even legally, like, do you have to go through the people before using their real names? I don't know. I, I, I didn't get any, <laughs> no. Uh, you just, you just wrote it and it was like, uh, yeah, I just sent it to the publisher and I, and I assumed that they, I think they gave me a couple there. There were a couple names that they said, you know, you might want to change this. Uh, I honestly, I, what, I don't, what, what, what would the reasons be to change a name? I think one guy was like a doctor and I had said something about how he had prescribed something. Right. And, and I wasn't entirely certain what it was, but it was something. And so I just, the way to solve this is just to like change the guy's name. Oh, well, that's easy enough, Yeah. but it didn't really occur to me. I mean, I don't think it was anything that I, there was nothing there that I don't think was, I mean, Yeah, could they cause, said it about yeah. me. I, I would probably be fine. It's, uh, um, but I don't. I don't. Think yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody. Yeah. On prend une mini-pause pour que je vous parle de notre collaborateur à l'épisode cette semaine et j'ai nommé WebSim Hockey, la meilleure plateforme d'hockey simulée et en plus 100% québécois comme produit absolument. Euh, pourquoi c'est la meilleure? Ben, c'est très facile. Niveau de réalisme, niveau de détail, 
tout est sur la grosse coche. Il y a même des ligues rétro des années 70 à aujourd'hui. Tu veux jouer avec Timo Célané, Pavel Bourré, Stéphane Lebeau. Not a problem, buddy. Ça se passe sur WebSim. Non seulement ça, mais c'est ta dernière chance de venir t'inscrire à la ligue de WebSim. Oui, on part une ligue avec les auditeurs, les autres férus aussi mongols que nous pour savoir c'est qui c'est qui le meilleur DG d'entre nous <rire> ah ben ça faut venir sur dreadsutin.com slash websim t'inscrire réserver ta franchise et ça part le 11 février c'est pas plate ok de retour à l'épisode So we talked about like the, the the off ice at Harvard was a lot of fun, but unfortunately on the ice you got to play like I think six games in over four years. You had some brutal injuries that really kept you from uh, playing, especially the two last years. What happened there, and uh, and how and how it kind of sent you off to Europe to kind of get a sense of closure mm -hmm. through hockey, you know? So, yeah. So what it, happened? It was it was the right before Christmas of my sophomore year, I remember I was at practice and I go down to try to tie my skates. And I thought I had like pulled my hamstring and I went to the trainer. This is probably like, yeah, the beginning of December and basically like just, you know, you're, you're fine. It's just like a hamstring issue. And then I remember like that practice, trying to like turn. I mean, it literally happened uh, on one specific day, something that was sort of like kind of bothering me to like, I, I couldn't skate. I couldn't move around. Like I couldn't twist. I couldn't pivot. I, I was like, I could skate forward, but anytime I tried to turn, it, was, it wasn't even being touched. Like I just couldn't really, I got this crazy pain in my leg and, and, and it got to the point where like the next week, It, nothing had changed. And so I got an MRI and it was, um, it wasn't, it wasn't an, a hamstring th issue. It was, I had these bulging discs in my back that were creating nerve pain. And it was, it was the problem with something like that is there's not like, you know, if you break a bone, you just put it cast, you know, put a cast on it and it heals. And with the nerve, it basically was, you try to be as, um, you know, as, as little, invasive you know sort of therapy as possible you want to try to do f physical therapy anything to avoid surgery and so we did it, it turned out like this is the worst sort of type of bulging disc that nothing was going to help until I got surgery had one surgery at the end of my sophomore year and that didn't even fix it and then I had another one my junior year on my back that took out more um And that was my ju that was my junior year, that second back surgery. And then I came back my senior year and I was like pretty much ready to go. And then I had two ankle surgeries. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Just won't leave you. And how, yeah. how did, so you finished college with, you know, still like a Harvard degree. I mean, this could be worse. Yeah. And then how do you go through like, all right, I'm not exactly ready to go and work right now. What, how did the hockey and especially like with the health concerns, like how did you decide, yeah, I got to go to Europe and that you could sense there was something that was left undone there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to play a full season, really. I just wanted to be able to play, you know, I'd skated and I think 
Maybe you could. Would you have been like bitter about hockey had you not? Like- yeah, definitely, definitely. But also, just like on the the thing, I think at that age is is like that's pretty much. I think it was like nineteen when I had the first surgery, and that's like kind of right when you're supposed to be at your very best. Like I wanted to play in college, and so that's like you kind of work your way up, and like you're taken down right when you feel like we're not we're, like if the ultimate goal is to play in college, and you get that sort of wiped out it's it was more just being like i, I want to be able to at least see how i could do right so i you know spent that summer after i graduated it still was like you know some of these injuries not fully healed but knowing like all right let's give it some time and and basically had some friends that i knew that had been in europe played in europe still were in europe and kind of got in touch with them like how do you get over there what what's the way to best way to do this yeah and when we, like we think of like for people who haven't played there we think of like pro hockey <laughs> we think very glamorous we think like nhl but that is not exactly the reality no. of minor european leagues like tell me about that like how is it really like playing in some you know division yeah, I mean, in belgium and all that stuff yeah i mean the, the, the it's it's I mean, that's why I wrote about it. because it's kind of, you couldn't, it, it was going, it was like, I mean, the first team, I remember the first practice we had, it was like half ice, like st- something I hadn't seen since like youth hockey where like, there's a junior team on the ice with you. So we get on the ice. I remember like sk- getting ready in the locker room. You know, this is like, I'd never been to Europe. So I just got, I didn't even know when I got off the plane. I remember like right when I got off the plane in Belgium, I was, I, then occurred to me that I don't even know who who's going to meet me at the airport. Like, because I was just so excited to like go play somewhere, you know, and have an opportunity. I like, so luckily I, I remember just kind of staying there being like, well, I got my hockey sticks and I know that <laughs> I emailed with someone, maybe this, the guy that I emailed with will be there. And, <laughs> but, but yeah, you like, you got, I got on the ice and there was like these little kids out there. I didn't know. <laughs> You know. So just to just to give the listeners an idea, like tell tell uh, tell them like what you were once traded for in Sweden. Is that is that true? That's true. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what was it? That was that was a uh, it was a Bosch washer dryer combo. <laughs> yeah, to clean I mean, the jerseys there, there, and stuff. Yeah, there was stuff like and and that never made it in the book, but there, and and I don't think this is unique necessarily. I think this happens in the minors. Oh yeah, in the U.S. I'm sure, but there were guys like th- there, and and this was also during like the financial, you know, when it was like the financial crisis, two thousand eight, yeah. nine, ten. So everything like the economy's getting hammered, and I, like I remember there are times you'd be on a bus and you're going to a game, and and like all of a sudden, coach gets a call, stop the bus, you turn around, and he's like the team's folded. So like you. Literally, like teams would be in the league and fold mid-season, Jesus. like on the way. We had one where we're we're like driving to a game, and and I don't I don't know if if if, if this was because they didn't like the guy that this player, but but we were on our way. This was in Germany, and. We we had a game that was near like Berlin, and it's a long drive from where we were. And I remember we had been there before. And when we're driving, I remember thinking like this doesn't look right because this is not 
something about it struck me as like, I feel like we're going in the wrong direction. And what they had done is they'd actually traded a kid that was on the bus to another team and they were just going to drop him off. And, and this kid got dropped off with his hockey equipment because he thought he was going to go play the game with us. Right. But they were like, you're getting out here, you know, in this town and, you know, here's just take your shit with you. And like, he didn't even have his like, and, and I think they didn't, I think it was, they knew what they Our were purpose, doing, yeah. but it was like a ruthless yeah, yeah, yeah. thing to do to someone. That's um, crazy. What's, what's your favorite story that didn't make it onto the book? Like, that you're like, ah, it didn't fit. So I had to take it out. But yeah, there was, there was, I, 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 I spent uh, a very brief time in, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it, it was, I, I played for like two weeks in Northern Finland. Really? And it was in like, it was the first team I f went to at the beginning of the season. So it was the like very beginning of August. because in Europe, they start much earlier. Yeah. And you go to Northern Finland in August and it's like bright all the time. And, um, it, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it was, it, it, it was not the place for me, that particular town. I, I remember like the, it was tiny, like the guy that I, I don't even really remember that much on the ice. And like the guys were fine. Like I didn't really meet too many. Like I lived by myself for, for the short period of time. But like, I remember going to the airport, you like fly somewhere, I think to like, I think I flew to like, uh helsinki and then there's a sh another flight to this other town that's way north and the guy that was like he basically like did everything at, at the um at the airport like he was like the bag guy and then he drove me to, to like he was the taxi driver guy uh, he, he like this airport was like it, it, it just yeah it was it was uh i feel like you're not you're having a, a, a hard time expressing what was wrong about this whole thing. <laughs> it wasn't, nothing was really wrong with it. It was just, um, I, I, you know, some of those places, like you just feel like you don't, it's, it's not the place for you. Like it, it, what made you think that specifically, like what made you go, Oh, I got to get out of here. I was not living with the guys on the team and I could tell that it was, it was, uh, it just didn't, I, I don't know. Like the didn't feel welcome. Yeah. And, and I don't know, it was such a short period of time. So maybe it wasn't like, didn't give it much of a chance, but, but, uh, Most I think your, I try to get all the good stories in the book. Yeah. Right. Right. Most of your time, I guess, and I guess your best times and what makes most of the book is, is in Sweden. Uh, and it's funny when you got traded to that team, you ended up having like 50 points and 34 games. But what really astonished me was the, 117 penalty minutes and i was like what happened there no you know what happens is is when you get like misconducts they really go add up quickly because i remember so looking 10 minutes at that too. yeah you'll get like if, if you get like a, a you know a couple 10 minute misconducts they would hand out i mean sweden was like you'd get and and the thing that's like crazy is that it would never affect anything because like you'd get a 10 minute misconduct when the game's over. So right. like, what, what difference does that make? But they would always, they, they handed out misconducts for fucking everything. Like, oh, okay. That's the, that's crazy. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was, it, it, I think it looks way worse. There was not like, 
because there's not that much going fighting on. all the time yeah, yeah, there's, yeah there's no there's no fighting i don't even think you could like i think if you fought you got you like get suspended for a game or something i, I right. no, nobody was really fighting over there right you, you get there was they were very much on like like safe hits like you could get a 10 minute misconduct if you like hit someone the wrong way um it's it's yeah, a yeah. yeah you know like yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a period of time when it was like very conscious of like head injuries and you know what i mean um right yeah yeah yeah. i get it yeah they just have a different way of interpreting different those. yeah I, i gotta ask about like one of the care i wouldn't say main but one of the characters that really uh leave an impression is erica the the love interest i guess mm -hmm. uh, in the book is this girl you, you dated and then you ended up being traded as you were just beginning to to date and we kind of get the sense in the book that well now that we get the sense you're kind of heartbroken and we kind of get get the sense that you guys could have been more but then you got traded and then it's like mm -hmm. ah so uh my question was um did you uh like how did you have like regret of like ah maybe it could have stayed or maybe this could have been something or you're like ah no i just had to go and this was what it should have been anyway like how did you like kind of process that whole thing because yeah No, I, I, th I think it, at the time, it, the, yeah, I, I think I was probably too young to, to, to actually ever be able to, uh, I, I think it was like most kind of first loves where like they come to an end and it's, it's probably not meant to be. Yeah. And, and, uh, whether it was like getting traded or the season finishing, it probably was going to come to an end at right. some point, which doesn't make it not meaningful yeah. and it doesn't mean it wasn't, you know, a good experience, but, um, I mean, there was not, if, if you're asking, was there like a part of me that was like, should I just quit hawk, not go to the, uh, you know, be yeah. traded, stay here and not be able to play because that was not going to happen. I was going to yeah. go <laughs> like that, that team didn't want me back and I wasn't going to stay because yeah, yeah, this of her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's uh, definitely, yeah, you know, it's, it's not an easy position to be in, but hockey is sure. what I wanted. You know, did you keep in touch with her for, yeah, well, I was over there and then for a little bit afterwards when, when I came back home, the problem is when I, that those two towns were, they were very far away. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, It's, it's like, uh, the, Sweden's not that big, but it's like very, very long know, North South. Yeah. yeah. And, and this, it was, a, it was a big difference. Um, so it was, it wasn't that easy to, you know, you can't really visit someone. Did, do, you know, do you know what she's become? Like, is she like married and have like four kids now? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I haven't, I, no, I haven't kept in touch. When was the specific like moment where you thought you had the idea for the book? Like, Hey, this, this is a book. Like, did you know before going over, like, Hey, I'm going to have a journal and write a book or when did kind of that idea pop up? No, there was no journal. There was no idea. I was never into writing. It was, I would say, I think the only writing I did was when I, in college, when you are, one thing we would do in school is like write emails to your teammates. You know, you'd have like, if you have a good story, you try to put it in email. And right. See if you can get a reaction. 
that was about <laughs> as close to, to any sort of writing ambition. And then I, I, I would say th- I didn't do any journals, but, but, uh, Maybe the, you, you mentioned in the book, like writing stuff down. And so, uh, I yeah, that, yeah. So, so I think that, and I remember doing that and that, that was, that was like, uh, I kind of instilled that idea into the book right. as I was writing. So, so yeah, no, I, you're, you're exactly right. But there was not, that was sort of a device I tried to use. Right. In, in kind of knowing that I wanted to sort of like, keep it alive and and show like i was thinking about stopping but the truth is i don't think i did anything probably until like six months after it was all over and and i think writing was like i i I don't really know i I don't remember the moment but i remember like a period where i was like man i i kind of started gaining steam i was like oh this is kind of fun to write about and maybe I could use that story. And, and then all of a sudden you kind of get like five or six pages. And I was like, well, I got time on my hands. Let's Why not give it a go? Yeah. How like you had never written, like you mentioned, like how do you write like a first book? I mean, did you had some, did you have some guidelines? Did you have like, because you didn't have a publisher by then you just Nothing. started on your own. Nothing. Yeah. I had a computer. So <laughs> you, had, you had Microsoft Word and yeah. a lot of will. Yeah. But uh, yeah, how do you start writing a book? That's like, if there's like someone listening, it's like, hey, I always thought of writing a book, but I, I, I don't know how to start. And like, how yeah. did you, did you start with stories? Did you start by yeah. s- having some structure? How, how did you do the whole yeah. thing? And I think, I, you know, it's funny because like now I'm obsessed with, with writing and like learning about it. And, and I've never really taken any classes on it, but I love reading and i now love all these books behind these are all my only books it looks like i have a lot of books but this is the only way that i can position it this these are my only books in my apartment (laughs) and a lot of them are about like writers talking about writing and um and i'm fascinated by like the process and some will say like you have to do this or you have to do this i think i i can't stand that because it's like whatever works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for anyone else and whatever doesn't work for me maybe is exactly, but I can say from my experience, it was like, if, if there was, I, I didn't have any plot or structure. And I think I remember just writing like stories, like, like I'm going to write about Belgium, what it was like. So I got off the plane and like this happened, not even not interesting, but it was just like trying to go back. It's like being able to live that experience again and put myself through writing back into that world. Cause it was awesome. I loved that experience. Yeah. So it was like to relive it. And then the first draft, and then basically I was like, you know, I'm going to try to write a book. And I, and the thing that I think made me realize like, okay, this could, it could be a book is like getting, there was a, there are a lot of not as many hockey books, but there's, there, there, baseball and basketball and football and people I would talk to people I started emailing writers and I and they would respond be like I love this book and do you have any advice or whatever and and really it's just kind of like you just got to sit down and write it and and so that's what I did and just sort of like okay I'm going to write about Europe and basically that I remember it finally after it was like 20 or 30 pages I was like I'm going to write about Europe like the experience in Europe And that was probably like a hundred pages. And then 
I showed it to someone and it was so fucking bad. Like it was, it, I still have it. Cause it's just like, I wanted to make sure I remember how bad it was to start. It was awful. It is awful. Why? Because it wasn't like real. It was, it was like not authentic. It was very much like what I thought sounded good. And right. what I realized, like all the stuff that I like, whether it's a sports memoir or really any type of writing, it's like, it's like real visceral. Like this is so to the point of how do you write? Like think of, you got to do something that you're motivated by, like to just say, like, I'm going to write a book about like this really interesting that it might work. And some people are so good that they can do that. I needed like I needed it to be like this hockey was what I loved and it got taken from me and I, you know, didn't make it. So like it was like very like kind of like it, it's like an open wound. And so it's trying to figure out like what was it about the game Right. that I like. So I realized I'm writing stories about being in the locker room. I'm writing stories about, and then I basically got the Europe part down. I was like, well, there's some good stuff in college. Maybe I'll write that stuff. And then I was like, well, shit, if I got all that, I might as well just write the shit that happened before college. And then I kind of was like, well, I guess that's the flow of it to kind of get the whole experience. Cause it does sort of lead. And, and there, if you read it, like there's nothing that that was pretty much kind of how it worked it was basically like writing the end first that's not by design that was just sort of the first stories that were freshest in my mind what what did you find the hardest about writing a book that you of course couldn't know you hadn't written any book in your life by then so was what was the hardest part of writing a book you know that you're like oh i didn't know about i would never have known had i not do it i think i think it's like i like the process of writing so it's it's like tough to do anything where it takes like to to get any words down on a monotonous and grueling but if you want to write it's it's like it's actually what you enjoy like you kind of go into like a trance so that that the the process that i didn't know that i think is the answer would be getting published. That's a whole nother, that's, that's something that's like, you know, you have a book and you're like, oh, I, I got a book. Like I'm really good. Look at me. And then, and then trying to figure out. How to get is, is a much more difficult because no one really cares. Like a publisher is like, well, Who's the market? Who's going to read this? Hockey people, they don't read books. Like boys, they don't read books. So I'm like, well, that's a good point. You know, like I didn't read and I liked hockey. So it's a fair point that they had. Um, there's a reason there's no, like, not a lot of hockey books, you know? Except Ken Dryden. Who's Ken Dryden? So well, he there you go. by being Ken Dryden. Yeah. I mean, he was the one, and that's definitely back here, the game. Um, I mean, that was like, it, that, it, so after writing that first that first draft awful and then kind of tweaking it and trying to make it more like authentic and real and sound and then looking reading those books like he's a unique character i mean he's he's like a very you know cerebral guy so <laughs> and a goalie so there's like there was a lot though that i remember thinking like this is this is great because he's ex he's kind of taking you into the nhl world And, uh, so th there was a lot I took from that book. Um, yeah, I, like think it, yeah. I think you could feel that I, as I was reading it, I was like, I'm sure that guy has read like 
the game. Oh, read them all. To, yeah, yeah. Did you? How did you end up like getting a publisher? Like, how was that 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 chase for a publisher? Did, how did it happen? It was. So what? What I ended up realizing is you have to um, you have to get an agent before you get a publisher, and so the agent represents your call it a manuscript before it's published and they pitch it to publishers so getting the agent was step one and and basically got turned down you know i'd say hey i wrote this book and they're like well have you written anything else no what's it about you know my hockey experience no you know like nothing there is like interesting to a publisher and finally there was a guy it, it went back to what we talked about at the very beginning, like Canadians. And I thought maybe there's someone in Canada that likes hockey that has done this. So I looked up some of these other hockey books that I had read. And usually there'll be some sort of acknowledgement section. And, and two or three of these books had said, you know, thank you to my agent, Arnold Gossowich. So clearly there's, I was like, well, what? I've seen this guy's name in a couple different hockey books. So he's a Canadian agent that was based in Toronto. And so I was like, I wrote him an email and said, I wrote this thing. I know you represent hockey books. And so he finally responded positive. Like he, I, I, it took me six months to find him. Um, but it, 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 you know, like makes sense. You find someone that might be interested in the material. So he read the thing. He read, he, 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 I think he just read like the prologue. Like, I don't even think he read the whole thing because I didn't send it. He was like, sure. Send me, you know, five pages. And he's like, okay, I can, I think I can, I'm happy. Cause like for an agent, it doesn't take that much. They, they just Figure. make money if it's sold. So you don't have to like, for them, as long as they think they can make some money out of it, there's, it doesn't, it just costs, it's just like their time that there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So then he, took it on and then found a publisher it's it was still a like not an easy thing for him to find a publisher was but, it uh, like so he did find it one in canada or in the states or no it was, it was in the states it was, it was funny thing is like it, it <laughs> we go th the whole process trying to find someone and the publisher was a new york-based publisher that literally their offices were like 10 blocks from where i lived irony exactly um, Yeah, man and like It's like I have so no, uh, I like I couldn't have any less references. Like how, like how do you know how much a, man, a script should be sold when you've you know you've never written? Like how does that whole business side of the thing work? Well, there's, I mean, now it's like constantly changing. But the way typically you have like uh, an advance, so like a like a manuscript, right? You basically sell it. The agent will sell it to a publisher for like in advance and then you uh you know you you have royalties so like on every hardcover the publisher gets like x percent and then the writer gets y percent so like there's kind of the dance between you get an advance if you have like if you're willing to take a lower advance but you get better royalties on the right. sale it just depends and this was like a small it was not you know it's not a huge amount like you read some of these people that get like massive advances and that's yeah. 
not what this was. Stars, yeah, like yeah. So hard covers are worth more than like pocket books. Um, the 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 biggest distinction was hardcover versus like Kindle. I think. Oh I think, right, uh, you mean like physical or exactly? Yeah. So yeah. so the hardcovers cost more to produce. Right. You know, because they physically have to do it, so they sell it for more. I, and I forget kind of what the economics are, but the Kindle is typically like a different percentage. Right. I get, I get it. Like to this day, like uh, like how much have you? How many of them have you sold? It sold a lot recently. I think I think in total because somewhere around like ten thousand grand total. Do you think that because of there's a because there's a movie getting made, it I, go, it helps? Yeah, I, th I think I think that helps it's also like you just don't know like when 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 something hits like it's not always it used to be you know there's some things that are are poised to have big splash four almost years. four yeah. or five years so it's like Ten thousand is quite impressive, though. Like, uh, are you proud of that? For a like, hockey book, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad. I, I like to. I mean, to me, it was never to be about like you know. To me, it was just like I liked writing. It was fun to do it, and it was. It probably I didn't want it to be the last thing I did. Right. You know, it wasn't like I want to write a hockey a book about hockey, and that's it. So yeah, yeah. I don't. I think it was it, the expectations were really never like having a number in mind. It, it's more like. Just, I think in Quebec, like 3,000 is called a bestseller. But it's also so, like over what period of time? Like, yeah. you know, 10, it's, it's been a long time for mine, so I don't know how, you know, some, yeah, books, yeah, yeah. some books sell 10,000 in a day. You know what I mean? Yeah, like there's, like, there's stuff that, so, so it's all kind of very relative, but it was never like something for me. It was like, like let's just get a book published. Did the publisher like, what's, What like what's the um, did they have you change anything or do they what what's when they they take the 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 script do they go all right you're gonna take that out you're gonna do this you're gonna do that like what's the their feedback before actually publishing what you've written yeah they they asked me I can tell you exactly what it was <laughs> they uh I had the word in dialogue uh the word retard right so, so I had said in there was there was uh, there was a a piece of dialogue where one character calls the other a retard and they and and they're like you know I, i i suggest you take another look at it i was like that's fair you know what i'm not this is yeah. i'm not i don't want to i can see how that's there's just gonna be offensive out of context yeah, yeah it, it's not it, there's no reason to have it i can come up with another word there's tons of other words that are more are what i'm actually trying to say you know right. like dipshit or so, something that's like So that was, that was it. That was it. They, they were like, you know, why don't you take another look at this? It's like, that makes total sense. I'll change that word. And, and honestly, I don't think I changed, like there were spelling errors and there probably still are errors in the book, but, but there was never, they were pretty hands off. And that's kind of the, one of the things that I liked about it's, it's not necessarily a good thing, but I like the fact that they didn't make me change a bunch of shit. But I was wondering, like, would they like have someone go over and go? Yeah. I know you have to 
change this and I think you should have written this that way and you should structure the story differently, blah, blah, all that stuff, but not a, no. that happened. I mean, I'm sure that happens in other, uh, that definitely happens in other books. And I think uh, the editor I had was pretty hands off. I, I don't, I didn't really ask for that much. And, and I remember thinking, honestly, once I wrote it and I was happy with it, like I had done a bunch on my own, like changing and revising. Like I said, that first draft sucked. Then I was like, oh, I'm going to add this. I think this will be good. And then I remember thinking, I was like, this is it. I'm done. I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not interested in any more feedback. And right. he didn't really give that much. I, I'm sure if I had asked, like, what do you think? You can always find someone that wants to change it. But yeah, yeah. That was, that I'm was pretty much it. I'm happy I get to talk to you because I, I was just done reading the book that I really enjoyed, like last week or something. And, and when I was done reading the book, I felt like I wanted to call you up. I didn't know you back then uh, a week ago. And I was like, ah, oh, man, I, I have so many questions. And I, it's cool because I get to talk to you now so I can ask those questions. But, and that's, I don't know if like it's, I don't know if it's a spoiler alert, like, but if you haven't read the book, you might as well pause it or you can go to read it or just not just care. Listen, yeah, just listen, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> but the book ends, it's the ending that I want to get to. So literally like the last few sentences Your agent calls you, uh, you ask what's going on and you're packing your stuff and you just kind of t uh, taking a picture of her jersey hanging up in the, before the arena. It's on the back. You yeah, yeah, absolutely. I saw that. Yeah, the picture. Yeah, we can see the, the jersey, picture. tiny, tiny in the back, and which is kind of a retirement of your own jersey. That was it. Yeah, absolutely. And then he says, uh, hey, Sundsvall, which is like a, an, a team in Sweden, like higher... Uh, tier once you had to practice tonight and you say i appear to the left my jersey sways in the arctic breeze uh one step closer uh, which is a callback because you've mentioned early on in the movie how you always wants to trying to get one step closer to the nhl uh, and and before i get to ask all those questions what was your thinking with this ending because you know a lot of the times the, the books or whatever they want to have some closure Like uh, and then you leave it kind of open at the end. And what was your, yeah, your your thought process of like deciding to go with that ending? What did you want to say? What was the the whole thing behind it? Uh, yeah, when you decided yeah. to finish and, finish, and and you know, it's like t t you're asking about changing. That was probably the one thing that I, again, not not really any input for not from the publisher or, or editor, but that I remember thinking I want to spend a lot of time on trying to figure out what the ending is so that changed a lot and i think it was and this is like any ending it was there's going to be what actually happened there's going to be what you wish happened that maybe you can say oh this is what happened i'll put this in the book you know what i'm saying like yeah and then there's like the truth which is oftentimes somewhere in between what you wish happened and what actually happened. And I remember thinking that's probably like, what's the actual truth here? Like in this ending of the, of this like hockey, you know, misadventures of a hockey fanatic. And it was that to me was trying the best way to capture what I felt and what the end of the story is, which is not really having real closure having some sort of hope live on, but not actually ever, you know, finding out what comes of it because right. I mean, that was, that was it. That was the end. Um, 
And so I, I think it was like, I'm trying to, it's never just like, I, you know, it can't really, ex- I can't explain it. I'm just trying to like put into, into words in the book, sort of right. what the truth was for me. It's so funny because I had such a different interpretation of it. Oh, really? Me uh, before I get, to, <laughs> I get to tell you. What well, that's I, your I, That's that's fair enough. But like, that's 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 that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a that's a thing with art, right? You, so yeah, you, exactly. Something's that's... out there, and then it's not yours anymore. But so did so did son did was it true that a, that a higher tier team actually called? Or yeah, I mean, it, so so the so what the the facts so yeah, back yeah, to yeah, like yeah. what actually happened there was uh yeah that it, it was not while i was retiring it but there was an opportunity to finish the so this is a team that at that point i don't know where they are now but it was it was uh, it was like a level above where i was playing so it would have been like a new you know a step up And it, it was very close. So like we used to go, there'd be guys that would go back and forth. And so it was sort of like, this is the team that provides like the next uh, step closer. I mean, it's still very, very far from, from the NHL. But it's was like, it, was it Alvan scans or was it the one underneath? Yeah. So it was Alvan scans, which is just beneath uh, the SHL, which is the top Swedish. League. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, It was it. So rather, it, it was basically like you could go practice, finish the season um, with this team, and and I can t- I could tell like halfway through the final season I was there. It was like if I keep if I keep doing this, I'm probably not going to stop. And I kind of had to at some point near the end of the season, I I kind of was like, you know what. I think that I'm, I think I can move on. Like I, I started just to talk to friends back home and was trying to figure out like, what's, you know, like setting up interviews, getting to talk to people. And I remember thinking I'd done this for three years after college. You know, I think it's time to like, if, if I don't move on now, it's going to get really, really hard to, to stop. Right. And, and I kind of had come to this decision, like th- this, this is it. Um, just, just felt right. Yeah, I mean, it was not quite as simple as like I I have the answer, but it was like you know, yeah. there's always going to be some sort of temptation, and and I, and then when I ended up going home, so I knew I was like, all right, this guy, like, do I want to go practice with this team when this? It was basically like go go over to this team in Sunsvall once the season's over, you practice with them. They weren't in the playoffs, and then and and I was like, all right, you know, like just just practicing with them is not. You know, it's not like I'm going to start the season in August with them, um, right. which if I'm going to do it, let's let's start a, a new season with them. And it was then there were second thoughts over the summer trying to figure out, like, maybe I should go back if but yeah. but it was it was like, I, yeah, it just kind of felt like I, I was ready to try to do something new. And it, it was it was committing to it was in part writing being like okay let's maybe there's something else that i can do that can fulfill that you know need that i have that's um, when you started writing yeah and i think that helped sort of like get me past the desire to play because that the then faded quickly yeah right we actually stopped in sunsval on our way up 
to meet Marcus, right Marcus Naslin and on our way back to Stockholm. So we actually stopped twice when we went to, to Sweden. Uh, so yeah, cause like my, my take on it, on the ending. Well, first of all, my, my initial, like uh, when I wanted to like call you up and ask you questions was because all this thing is about this guy, right? Yourself going over and not letting go of hockey, like not being able to let go uh, or at least at, yeah, that's, to that's, begin yeah, with. Right. Yeah. And I was like, and I couldn't wait for that moment that we just, we just talked about right now, which is when do you know that it's time to go? And what, when do you know why are you like so sure about it? And how does this transition go? Like in real life, like you mentioned, like how do you stop being uh, like a hockey player and go, all right, right now I got to get a job and I got to do something else and start over and how does that go in real life right like because that that transition yeah it's not easy it's not it's not simple exactly easy one yeah and i think and and is like is that something you wanted to leave out of the book or you just like i i I thought that was sort of a different story to me this was like just like the hockey you know the, the hockey story and i think that i wanted to i guess i came to that to that ending because it felt like I knew that there was always going to be a part of me that still loved the game. And, and so that was sort of what that I was trying to convey. Like there's, there's always a part of my mind, like, you know, what. It's you know, never going to be over. Yeah. It's never. But, but what, what I think helps the, what I realized is the way to, that's normal. That's sort of like the human condition, you know, like that's what we're all sort of up against. Yeah. It's not, hockey for everybody you know yeah yeah yeah. but it's it's it could be the lo- the lost love or it could be yeah. whatever it is but it's finding the next thing to sort of pursue right which which is what you, i think makes the transition a lot easier because if if you don't have something new to kind of obsess over then you're in trouble yeah Yeah. Absolutely. And then I went back to the book after like thinking over and and like rereading those last sentences and my my second take on it was that once you've like kind of retired and your jersey and kind of see your jersey go away you you've decided by that time I'm done and that that last sentence where it says one step closer i feel like this time compared to the previous ones this one is kind of ironic <laughs> like as if like as if you're actually one step like of course i'm not like i gotta go home and <laughs> like this no, is over yeah no so that's, that's probably yeah the cool no and i appreciate because the the cool thing too is you don't one of the cool things about writing to me also and not yeah. my writing but when i would read the stuff that i really liked because that's now like i'm when I find like authors that I, that I love, like a lot of the best stuff is very sub, I don't know if it's subconscious or unconscious. It's just these things you don't, you, they don't even understand. Like these writers that I'll read, like they've even said, like, I don't fully know, but it's coming from a spot that maybe someone else can interpret in a different way. Absolutely. And speaking, absolutely. That's the best thing about art. And, And and that would lead us to like speaking of transition, people would 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 wonder what do you do now? What's your life now? Yeah, not hockey. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, <laughs> no. So I, I I work at a uh, I I work with 
uh, at a digital publication and, um, I'm, I'm, I work on sort of the business end. I'm, I'm the COO. So it's, it's the, you know, a lot of the numbers. Um, but, but the business itself is journalism, media and writing. And, and so I spend a lot of time with writers talking to them, reading stuff. I'm able to write. Um, so you still write. Still right, exactly for sure, and that's never. That's I think something is never going to stop. I hope. Because I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but for a, a, a brief period of time, be after the book, the first book, you did get some other job that you, I believe, hated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then wrote a book about that. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I worked well, at a bank. I worked at a bank for two years, and I wrote about that. <laughs> that was the, the which next is. Book. Pretty much the opposite of writing, working in a bank. Without question, yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah, I, it's very very much so. I, I think you're spot on. It's and it's, I, I think I saw in the internet something about like a viral uh, resignation letter that you might have you would might have written. What's the story behind that? Yeah, so I I, I did. In an attempt to find something new, I mean, like writing, writing was what I love. It was not going to pay the bills. You know, that, that book was not odd man rush. The royalties have not been that great for me, but. Should have um, taken a better percentage. <laughs> uh, the agent, there you go. That's, but. Um, You'll know for the next book. Exactly. But, but they, I ended up at a bank um, and it was very much like you said, the, not only was, is it kind of the opposite of writing because there it's like everything is black and white and you kind of just go on this like numb sort of like monotony which to me is that you know when you're writing it's very much you're in shades of gray and the unknown and so it was it was a great experience to do to write about but the actual experience itself was was really cheap for me it was not what I wanted to do but um, I didn't find that out until I did it Like most things, you got to kind of do it. And it was interesting kind of writing from the hockey stuff is, you know, that's you're writing about something you loved. This one was coming at it from a different angle. It was more something I'd loathed. And so it was like, how, how can you make that still an interesting story? Um, but, but it was, it was. What's the name of your, your book? It's called yeah. Discussion Materials. Discussion Materials, Tales of a Rookie Wall Street Investment Banker. Same publisher, different. Publisher? It's a different publisher, yeah. Different it was a different publisher, um, and uh, yeah. I guess yeah. that would bring us to that to our last question, which is the book Odd Man Rush is about you know finding what you want to do with your life, and and you've tried hockey and then investing. Bill, do you now know what you want to do with your life? Yeah. <laughs> writing still yeah yeah well that, that's just great uh, would you like have you thought about like through writing like finding your way back to hockey or working in a, like trying to find your way back to hockey in some way I, you know you know it's funny and i was just trying to because because you when you were asking some, i had a thought and then it slipped my mind but i remembered everything i've done since hockey has actually very much been related to like, I owe everything to hockey. The job I have now was the guy that runs it is Canadian. And he, and I kind of met him, not, not because I 
played hockey, but because there was like that sort of connection, he from Ottawa and, and he, he actually helped with, with, uh, publishing an excerpt of odd man rush really? in a magazine he worked at. So, um, I feel like hockey is always going to be a part of it. I don't know. I'm pretty open. Like I, I just know it's, it's, it feels like I'd be open to anything. Hockey's always like, I realize like, even if I'm not playing it, it's going to be something I love. And when I want to watch it now and sort of talk about it, I love like talking about it. it's fun to talk with you about it. But I think it's just a matter of like, you know, focusing on what you want to do, pursuing it. And, you know, it's not like it's easy necessarily making it and, and writing um, yeah. as a profession, but it's, I think you just kind of do it and, and you see where it leads, but yeah, it'd be cool to always like, it, I, I always find myself like that was the difficulty with the bank is that there weren't people that I could relate to that, you know, I'm not saying everyone had to have played hockey, but right. no one, you know, I, I couldn't really find common ground with, with those that. people. So I, I know I, it reminds me of my college years before I got to comedy. So I'm like, yeah, I, I really, I relate to that. Uh, Bill, it's all, it's been almost two hours. Wow. Thanks. Thanks for your time. I, I hope, uh, I, I told you one hour, but we kind of busted there because it was interesting, but I hope you had awesome. a good time. I had a great time. This was thanks, so much fun. Thanks for coming on. Um, and I hope you get, I, I'm sure there's some job for you at MSG on some sort of level. And uh, I hope the next time I get to New York City, which is one of my favorite things to do, yeah. we get to go and see and watch uh, a Rangers game. I hope so too. Absolutely. Who just drafted Montreal <laughs> native. I know. Thank you guys for producing him. We're you guys won a lottery you were not supposed to win. And uh, that yeah. is just fine the way it is because you're yeah. going to get some cup in the next four to five years so. with Panarin and all those guys. God damn it. Thanks for coming on, um, uh, uh, Bill, and stay on for a second so we can finish the recording. Absolutely. But thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. And, and absolutely, let me know when you're here, and I'm, I'll, I'll do the same next time I'm in Montreal. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> Merci à Bill Keenan d'être passé à Dressu le Tape. Franchement, un sympathique gars. J'espère un jour lui serrer la pince en personne à NYC, The Big Apple, et peut-être voir une game des Rangers. Je vous rappelle que son livre s'intitule Odd Man Rush. Il est disponible un peu partout. Vous pouvez également, dès maintenant, écouter les prochains épisodes de Dressu le Tape. Ils sont déjà disponibles sur Patreon. Je vous dis à la semaine prochaine. Take it away, Bobby! Now! Yeah, now! OK, bye! <rire> <rire>